Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual. I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and as usual we're in quarantine, we can't go outside and we're all sitting in our gym jams, or gym or jammers and we're all just kicking it. But listen, are you doing that? I'm envious, I'm one of those workers that have to keep working and in fact I'm busier. Financial services are seen as essential and so I'm working away. Now I know what you're thinking. Packers coverage is essential and that is also true and that's exactly why despite the extra workload I hammered out a new video and it's Alan Lazard's top 10 catches. I'm evolving folks. This is the first video really that's kind of diverted from the audio. It's strictly on video. That's why I couldn't rip any of the audio from the video and use it in the audio podcast because it's literally just Alan Lazar catching balls and stuff like that. Now, it took me two to three days. Uh, yeah, what was me? Uh, tiny violins and all that kind of stuff. But look, it took me two days because what I wanted to do was is I wanted to look into the whole wide receiver two debate. And I've been talking about wide receivers quite a lot, but that's because there's an awful lot of talk out there in the media about them. And one of the guys I think who's got forgotten about is Alan Lazard. Uh, so Alan Lazard, and he did the job first. So he didn't have a catch until week six. And then Aaron Rodgers came out and said to Matt LaFleur, let's get him in the game. And he made a massive impact in that game. In fact, all of his catches came in the fourth quarter. Now, we only ended the year with uh, three or three uh, touchdowns and, you know, 400 something odd yards and I think it was 26 yards of a run so what I did was is I went and got all of the play-by-plays a little bit of insight for you uh, found out found out where all of his incompletions and uh, completions were and runs and everything else and then tracked them found them and I've compiled a video of his top 10 catches and then I also have another 10 bonus plays Um, talk about indecision Jesus Um, so I've done that but um yeah, before I get into that, how is everybody out there? I know you're listening and you can't answer me back, or maybe some people do. There's so many people that actually contact me and say, I was actually talking back to you, Steve, and I realized that was silly, so I, I went and sent you a message. So you can DM me, you can hit me up on info at ukpackers.co.uk. I have some nice little conversations going on with people there, um, and also on the DMs, either on the group or at NFL. And of course, you can hit me up, uh, the Paddy Packer, as well on Instagram, I'm on there. Um and you can find me on YouTube now. So I guess for me, it's staying indoors. Uh, I'm still working the same amount. I have my family around me more, which is great. And in fact, my eldest son, and I've been doing the podcast uh, as a guy without children. And now I have two little boys and one of them is going to be four. Can you believe it's going to be four? Jesus, I've been doing the podcast longer uh, than I've been a dad, which is a bit mad. Um, so I'm just up uh, from blowing balloons and putting all these Thomas the Tank engine stuff up. But Jesus, four, it's mad. Um, I've often thought about doing a podcast called Pack Daddy, and then I, I found that someone's now doing it. Um, but all about just being a dad and being a Packers fan. But I guess, I don't know what type of appeal that would have. Let me know. And also, I was thinking, if anybody wants more insight of behind-the-scenes stuff to do with, you know, how I make the videos or how I make the podcast and what gear I use, um, you know, I don't know if there's an appetite for that. Maybe. Let me know. 
But one of the things that I wanted to discuss before I got back onto Alan Lazard was the fake narratives. Actually, before I get there, let's talk about the Packers legacy documentary. Have you seen it? I'd strongly recommend seeing it. History is kind of my bag. So I did Roman history and archaeology as kind of a, a side piece in college. And uh, it was great. And then I've just been obsessed with kind of history ever since. It doesn't matter what kind of era I kind of delve in and out. More so Roman history uh, is what my, my stuff is. And again, I saw a guy on Twitter and he put up a bust of Caesar and he had loads of Roman books. And I reached out to him because it's very rare that I actually come across people. Um, on there but the Packers legacy documentary is brilliant they've loads of really knowledgeable guys and one of the tour guides actually was our tour guide when we went around uh, Lambeau Field for a stadium tour um, after the game which was great to see him there so Cliff Crystal of course is fantastic and I got a couple of questions from lads asking me some history questions as well so I feel like the bargain bin Cliff Crystal you know the poor 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 man's Cliff Crystal but it's good to know some stuff but listen Watch that. That'll pass some of the time. I think there's another one that's coming out on Friday, in fact. But let me just address this. Now, I try to keep it civil, right? And I know we're all in this together and there's sort of this whole everyone's mucking in together and getting through all this type of thing. But unfortunately, there's still some clowns among us. Let's do it. Clown of the Week. Now, as I said, right, it's my kid's birthday. Now, am I going to go to Facebook and say happy birthday to my son? No. Why? Because he doesn't have a Facebook, right? And that always something that grinds my gears. It's really weird. It's like walking into a room full of strangers and semi-friends and then, you know, talking to somebody who isn't there. I always found it a bit odd. The, what people do on social... And this is a real social media thing of standing up in strangers and having no accountability. Like, one of my, and I put this in air quotes, friends on Facebook, put up a a quote once or whatever or put up a status and said people always ask me how I'm so strong and went on this big diatribe about how great she was right um, now I contacted her and said who always asks you how you're so strong because that that's a very weird thing okay if you're Brad Pitt or Ryan Reynolds or you know one of these guys who's doing the rounds on Graham Norton trying to promote movies well then maybe they might say why are you so strong but who in real life you know actually goes up to someone and says how are you so strong um, so I asked her like who is, is saying this to you? She goes, well, no one does. I, ju I just wanted to say it. And that's the problem. Is some people will just say stuff because they have a narrative in their head. It's like those dudes who put on earphones and they go walking around and they think they're in a movie. Or the guy who has music playing in his car, and I've done it. And you turn it up a little bit extra loud and there's that sort of expectation that if someone hears what you're listening to, they might think you're an extra bit whatever or they have an opinion of you. When really, they just think you're a tool. A spanner of the highest order. Right. So, again, one of these narratives come up on Twitter and thank God this person got rinsed. Right. This was their tweet. Why does the weirdos a part of Packer Twitter think? I know. Bad grammar. Let me start it again because it's so bad grammar and tripping over myself. Let me translate it. Why do the weirdos a part of Packer Twitter think it's cool to hate Jordy Nelson? Lol. I genuinely don't understand it. Worst group of fans on this app and it ain't close. Now. First off, nobody hates Jordy Nelson. I mean, nobody hates Jordy Nelson. Even a Bear or Vikings fan doesn't hate Jordy Nelson. He's a quiet country lad and nobody hates him. Okay, Jordy Nelson could walk into your house and openly have an affair with your wife and you still would not hate Jordy Nelson, right? You would sit down with him after uh, and go through some game tape, right? That's all I'm saying. So this whole narrative... It's never been said by anybody. 
Nobody thinks it. And this person got absolutely rinsed on Twitter. It's a dumb thing to say. And it's just because you want to come out with some sort of tweet. How about don't say anything? Or here's an idea. How about go to the cog on Twitter, click the cog and go down to delete account and delete your account. Okay, no one hates the dude. It's not a thing. And there are some narratives out there. There's some people that like Jermichael Finley. There's some people that can't get over the fact of what he said after his career. There's some people that can appreciate Greg Jennings. There's other people that hate what he's doing in his media after his career. Um, you know, there's people who, disp- like we put out a tweet of who's your favourite Packer and then also who's your least favourite player, right? It's very open to interpretation. You could have said a Packer player, you could have said a player for another team, right? Some people hated greatness. You know, they'd hate Adrian Peterson because he kicked their ass and then some people hated Martellus Bennett because he was a bit of a tool, right? So then you would have, and with the whole contract situation and everything else, so you will have people who polarise some people. Jordy Nelson is not one of those people and will never be one of those people. There's no reason for you to hate him. Um, I do understand there was a thing going around that he was very quiet and when people who were autograph hunting and when he'd come in, he'd keep his head down and not say anything. But that's the only ructions. And even those people would say, oh, we kind of understand it, you know. Like, And as well as you don't own a person that they should come up and give you an autograph anyway. And we met him in Green Bay um, as part of a... We were in the audience of a show and, you know, we were a bunch of Paddies and Tommies and... Welshman and Scots and everything else so we got brought in behind the scenes um, and got to meet him and he graciously signed some stuff and I've got a picture um, from that up in the podcast studio so nice guy no one hates him quitted with the fake narratives um, but let me talk Alan Lazard I released that YouTube video and what I would say is is that it took me days and days and days to do and to compile and I think it puts on record really somewhere that I hadn't seen um, of his catches, his good catches, and his good technique. And I'm going to get into that now. So I strongly recommend you, because the more you subscribe uh, to YouTube, and it's free, um, and I've seen people do that, like, oh, why should I subscribe? Well, don't then, okay? <laughs> it's free, right? I'm giving you free stuff, and it's going to be once a week, and I'm hoping to do stuff like this. is the first time I've kind of properly got to branch out and do some fun stuff. So I've catalogued a top 10 catches by him, and also some nice technique that I've seen from him. Now, bear in mind, you know, five games of the season, he hadn't got a catch. Um, He also got injured late in the season. And for the divisional game, he didn't play. So, and then there's games where he'd have like only two catches or or one catch or whatever for various reasons. There's other times where they'd only use him in the fourth quarter. Like when he came in against the Lions, his first reception was a touchdown. And look on the top 10 and see where that comes in and tell me if that's a good pass. Now, a thing that I will say, and maybe I'm being flippant all the time, but, you know, let's have the crack here. Uh, But the guy smiles when he's waiting for the ball to come down. And I remember during the dagger play and they interviewed Randall Cobb and they said, you know, how did you feel? And he said, well, I I was bricking it. I was freaked out with the ball coming down with the game on the line. Alan Lazard comes down and if it's, you can kind of see it in the YouTube video. Um, But, You'd have to really go back because when I was sifting through all the games, I was looking at different plays. And there's sometimes he actually smiles like he, he catches a touchdown pass against the Giants and he has a smile on his face. And I just found that so odd. I mean, the guy's an absolute cold-blooded killer. He's an assassin who smiles in that type of pressure. But I really like him. He's a long-rangey guy and he did some really, really clever stuff. And it's got me really excited for next season because I feel like we're reaching for that wide receiver in the draft but the one thing you have to remember about Aaron Rodgers is, is if you don't have his trust, well, then he's not going to throw the ball to you. That's kind of what we saw with ESB and MVS. 
is that they lost his trust. They were dropping balls or running bad routes and he was chewing them out openly on the field. Um, and again, people pulled Aaron Rodgers' leadership stuff in. Look, he's chewing them out, all right? It's their job. And um, so they lost his trust. He called for Alan Lazard in week six and he was open about it. And Lazard, in fairness to him, stepped up when MVS and ESB were there to do it. Because remember, Alan Lazard was a guy who hadn't wasn't even on the main roster. He got he was on the practice squad. He got cut. Then he got brought back, luckily. And then he got promoted when Jay Sternberger got put on IR. So this is a guy, talk about, you know, the whole rags to riches uh, stuff. So apparently he was doing it in practice and A-Rod called for him. And he really stepped up to the mark in that Lions game. Uh, in the Giants, he had over 100 yards. And some of his other passes were quite long. But here's one of the things that really stands out to me about Alan Lazard. Is that he seems to have a very high football IQ. For me, and I've been through every single catch of his. Every touchdown, every run. So there's so many times that the play will break down. A-Rod will go on the scramble drill and get flushed out. And Alan Lazard will work his way back to the ball. There's other times that he gets drilled up the center. There's one against uh, the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game where he gets upended. And A, he's he's tough because he meets that contact head on. He actually lowers his shoulder and meets the contact. Now, people might call that foolish because you pick up injuries that way. Fine. But the thing is, the guy puts his body on the line. He ends up injured late in the season because he gets drilled in the middle. But I don't know how many passes that there were where A-Rod sends it up the middle and then he ends up coming down with it. I mean, there's some really great stuff where he plays in between zones. Uh, there's one against the Panthers, which is fantastic. There's literally five defenders around him. Uh, against the Giants, there's four defenders around him. Uh, he has a touchdown pass. I believe it's uh, against the Lions in week 16, week 17, where it's uh, straight up the seam and he pulls the ball down. And again, he meets the ball as high as he can at the highest point. And there's a, an interception or there's a reception against the Raiders where he pulls it down. That was the game that we were at, which was fantastic, where he pulls it down. But he gets he meets contact in the air and he still gets his legs down and bounds and makes the play. This is a fantastic player that really, you know, we all knew he was on the radar and that he was number two. But then when you look at the when the season kind of fades away and. You look at the stats and you see 400-something-odd yards. You're thinking, okay, you know, so-so. We'll get someone in the draft. Or, oh, look, you know, we've got Funches in here now. He's going to come in and step in as being number two. I wouldn't be so sure about that. I am excited for Funches. I'm not down on him like everybody else. And that's evident from the last couple of podcasts. But Alan Lazard, after watching his tape, has got me super excited. And as well, just how motivated he is. But he works back to the ball. And again, like I coined the term in the video, the YouTube video, um have I mentioned that yet, is that he should be called Alan first down Lazard because there's so many times, be it, you know, there's a third and eight completion, there's a third and three completion, uh, there's a point where we're trying to get it within field goal range with 20 seconds left on the clock and he ends up catching the ball and making his way to that field goal marker and getting out of bounds. It's clever little stuff like that, that when you see that in someone's game and you hope that they don't regress because, you know, the whole sophomore slump, and we don't know sort of what state the offense is in. But again, I really, really like what I see from Alan Lazard. And let me know if you feel the same. So go to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers and check out that top 10 video and the 10 bonus plays as well. You know, there's a few end arounds that he does. There's a five yard and there's a 21 yard in the video that I point out that was just fantastic. So, you know, definitely check it out. Another thing of note, and I won't hold you all up for too much longer. 
it's a nice little meeting where we're having a, a basically a Zoom meeting here. Um, is that there's going to be a virtual off season, and I don't know, guys and girls, lads and ladies, if the season's going to come back because Mark Murphy's waxing lyrical about you know the smartest teams are going to do the best things in the off season virtually. So you have coaches reaching out to players, going through game tape virtually. Um, but it's mad because from reading Jerry Kramer's book and the part that they all hate and the part that makes most players retire and all of the retirement stories, certainly that I've heard, the vast majority that haven't been dumped out by injury is that when the players are off for the summer and then they have to come back into camps and all this type of stuff, that if they're at that sort of older age, not unless you're super motivated, it's really, really hard to get back into the swing of things. So it's interesting that that's the part of the season that's potentially gone. Again, there's massive scope for injuries if the season does come back. And then as well, if the game has to be played behind closed doors, you'd have to worry slightly about the Packers organization too because they're community-owned. So, you know, they depend on revenue from sales and weddings, conferences and Lambeau. And that's everything that's kind of gone too. And, you know, money, obviously game receipts and everything else. So if there's no crowd... We don't have that billionaire bankroll um, to help us out. So, you know, something kind of concerning. But again, people were down on Mark Murphy. And I think, the again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his and not a fan boy. But I like to think I'm objective and not just because he's been on the podcast. But I think he's a shrewd and clever businessman. He's super smart. He's a lawyer. But yeah, he's, you know, he's a smart guy. He's He's been around football. He's a football guy. And let's just see how this all pans out. But anyway. I thought I'd get in and point you towards YouTube and, and watch that tape. I think it's super valuable for going in and seeing what type of player that he is. And again, keep the crap takes about the likes of Jordy Nelson to yourself because you're only going to get rinsed. If the, you know, because people are out in quarantine now, they're sitting down looking at their timelines. They're going to catch out now. Going to catch you. Don't be saying. Anyway. So look, I want to give a special shout out to everyone who listens to the podcast. Um, and again, all the subscribers on YouTube. The more you subscribe, um, the more you watch our videos, the more we make and the better it is for everybody, I guess, and the more visibility that it has. And again, don't do the bystander effect. You know, if you like the video, I would really appreciate it if you share it, especially um, I'd like to know what you think about it in the comment section and just share it with your friends, especially if you're from Wisconsin and all of your family are Packer fans and you listen to the podcast. Do share it because it does help a lot um, when you share and reaching new fans and everything else. And again, a massive shout out to the people who support us on Patreon. We haven't got a lot of people um, on there, but I really do appreciate every single one of you um, who donate because, you know, to keep up this kind of stuff from a time perspective, you know, on the eve of my son's birthday for one um, and, and throughout the off season and all of that kind of stuff, to build this community is something that's very special to me and I know an awful lot of people um, that I meet along the way as well that contact me regularly on WhatsApp and Twitter and Instagram and everything else um, it is a Packers family and I know it sounds a bit soppy and maybe I'm getting a bit soft here because I've been stuck in, in quarantine but there we go anyway so I've been at Steady the NFL follow the group at UK Packers on Instagram and get onto the YouTube channel as well and as always I'll be back next week to chat more Packers and until then Go Pack Go